0: This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier
1: podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something
0: that should show up in every aspect of your program.
1: It's the Blue White
0: Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonagall. Penn State fans, Bob Flounders, Johnny McGonagall, back Tuesday. Johnny, it's the Blue White Breakdown, but more important, Last week at this time, uh, it was so cold. I, I did not know how I was going to make it through January and February. Today it's like thirty-two. It might as well be sixty-two. I feel better, refreshed, invigorated. It might be sixty by the end of the week, so everyone can get sick again, and then it'll probably, you know, uh, early February it'll probably be twelve again. But let's live in the moment, Johnny. Let's let's embrace this nice. Pennsylvania weather we're having. Let's talk some Penn State football, Johnny. As we get closer to February and we get further removed from Penn State season, things have started to settle down a little bit with in terms of uh player movement, James Franklin's staff. I mean, there there still could be some surprises. You never know with James, you just never know. But um we're getting more and more into uh the start of the 2024 season. Uh, whether it's talking about the freshmen or it's talking about the next recruiting class, but it's, it's, I think it's a good time. I think Penn state fans are really um, we're we're too far away from spring, but let's talk about the future here at Penn state. Uh, They got a 2025 commitment uh, on Sunday. They held their junior weekend. One of their junior day weekends uh, this past weekend so let's just start there. What were your thoughts? I know you wrote some things about uh, some talented players that were supposed to be on campus. They did get a three-star offensive lineman from Connecticut, I believe. But how do you think Junior Day went? And I know it's not uh, it's not the last big weekend for James Franklin and his staff.
1: Yeah, Bob, definitely not the last big weekend for James Franklin and his staff. A uh, staff that has been pretty busy recently, uh, not just hosting – uh, you know, kids on the weekend, but you know, going you know to to Georgia, heading down to the south, you know, heading everywhere um, to not only shore up uh, and check in on you know guys who have already signed in the 24 class, guys who have already committed in 2025, but obviously t- to bring in more uh, more prospects. And uh, so the recruiting dead period, uh, in you know they, they can't host prospects or anything, uh, that gets going in the first week of February. Um, I believe it's at Monday. It would be the fifth, uh, if my if my you know mental calendar is working correctly right now. I'm gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just leave that one alone. Um, uh, I know, I know, I won't be preparing for the Eagles to play in the Super Bowl at that point. And, and same, same with the Cowboys, Bob. But uh, uh, no. So, so Penn State hosted, um, you know, dozens of prospects over this past weekend. They will this upcoming weekend and the following weekend uh, as well. As you mentioned, they got a commitment. Uh, from I don't want to mess up his last name, but Owen, I
0: was going to throw it to you. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, and I don't want to offend anyone. It's a tough one.
1: I'll give it a go, Owen Alcien. Alcien. Um, We'll we'll talk to Owen at some point and get that nailed down. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned, three-star offensive lineman. Um, I, I think notably, you know, the, the first offensive lineman uh, commit of the 2025 class, which has uh, eight members so far. Uh, you know, headlined by you know, a couple of really good running backs, uh, Keandre Barker from Texas and Taquai Hayes uh, from Aliquippa. They've also got, you know, Brady O'Hara tight end from North Catholic in there. So, um, you know, it was they, they were bound, though, to get they have, you know, running back tight end. You know, they got a linebacker. They, they've got a lot of positions covered, um, right. including a quarterback, too, and Beckham Kritza. uh, even though they're not done recruiting the quarterback position. Bob, we'll get there in a second. Uh, but it was about time for them to get an offensive lineman in there and, and in the mix, and they'll obviously sign more more big uglies up front, but Owen is the first of the group. So uh, a good sign to get that ball rolling if you're Phil Troutline, the offensive line coach, and James Franklin and his staff overall.
0: You had something on Penn Live about really uh, 10 important names to know in terms of maybe a visitor list, and you know it's still early. Do you have a sense for maybe um, how Penn State is doing with some, maybe some of the bigger fish uh, that are still out there, that are on their radar, that have been on campus, that they like. There's mutual interest. Do you have a sense for maybe a couple of names for the fans to kind of just watch for as, as far as potential, I guess, commits in the, next, in the coming weeks and months?
1: Yeah, I think just one big name to keep an eye on, and it's one that I've written about and a lot of people have written about and talked about uh, for a couple of years now, Ah, uh, because he he was a standout freshman for St. Joe's Prep in Philly is Anthony Saka, who is a a, a legacy with his dad Tony being a former Penn State quarterback. Uh, it was his first time on campus uh, since the 2022 whiteout. Uh, I know Michigan is heavily involved there, Notre Dame, uh, Ohio State, uh, but Anthony is one of the best um, you know linebacker you know recruits in the country, uh, and and to get him back on campus, I think it was a really big deal for them and. Uh, all, all signs suggest that he enjoyed his time, and and he's someone that, again. His dad played quarterback here, like he is familiar with Happy Valley, probably more familiar uh, with Penn State than any other program in the country. So I think that helps Penn State uh, quite a bit. Another name to know is Trent Wilson, a defensive lineman from Maryland, who uh, you know visited you know, three times this past fall, you know, for games. Uh, he's one of the highest-rated defensive linemen in the 2025 class, and uh, it seems like Penn State is in really good position there. Um, and then a couple of other names too, just kind of not so much flying under the radar because I just mentioned two of the top prospects, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But one interesting one is Elijah Melendez, uh, who is a linebacker from Florida in the 25 class. He's committed right now to Miami. Um, but I saw something on Twitter where I mentioned Beckham Kritz,a uh, Penn State's 2025 quarterback commit right now. Uh, one of potentially two again, we'll get there in a second. Uh, who, you know, Beckham is from Colorado, but spent some time you know playing in Miami and was very active on like the seven on seven circuits and everything. And and he was tweeting, hey, like Elijah, like kind of come home, like kind of recruiting uh, the current Miami commit, maybe the flip to Penn State. So that's another name uh, to keep an eye on, Bob. All right. All right. Uh, you said we're going to
0: get there. I don't know if you want to get there now. You said we're going to get to
1: some people in a second.
0: Uh, I was going to turn the page. And talk about some January enrollees. But if there's some
1: other uh, recruiting matters you'd like to discuss, by all means, have at it. Yeah, just another name looking forward to this weekend. And and it's going to be another big weekend recruiting-wise in terms of the number of prospects and the quality uh, of recruit that they're going to have on campus. But Matt Zollers uh, from Spring Forward, a quarterback, uh, is, is scheduled to visit this weekend and you know he just picked up an offer from georgia and you're thinking like okay like this is a real deal kind of prospect and he is uh he wasn't though this time last year he entered this past season his junior season at springford with one fbs offer and it was from old dominion uh and then Pitt got involved uh you know matt's uh, brother is a walk-on at Pitt, so there was kind of a connection there penn state got involved and now a lot of the big players as well um, Georgia being, you know, probably the biggest one, right. You know, back-to-back national title in 2021, 2022, uh, wanting this kid from Springfield, uh, to come down to Athens and play for them. So, uh, he is the number one, um, you know, quarterback in the state right now. He's one of the fastest rising quarterbacks in the country. He'll be on campus again. Uh, I talked to him, this was back after Mike Yursich was fired. And I was curious, you know, Hey, is that is that you know going to throw you off or anything? Even though you know, with Mike was you know, heavily involved in his recruitment, uh, he said no. You know, just knowing like he was comfortable with Penn State and the staff and who they would hire, and uh, Andy Mickey, who he's become more familiar with now recently, uh, and, and then just the the notion or the 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 possibility, the strong possibility, I think at this point uh, that 2025 will be a two quarterback class for Penn State. Uh, we saw it when Drew Aller came in with Bo Perbula. You know Jackson Smallick signs in the twenty three class. Ethan Grunkmeyer, who's an early enrollee, signs in the twenty four class. And so this is kind of how Penn State operates. It's like every few years they'll snag a two quarterback class, especially because you don't know what's going to happen uh, with the transfer portal with guys that are on your roster uh, who aren't maybe playing or you know ha- have that role um, you know clearly defined for them in the near future. So. Um, I I think it makes sense to go after two quarterbacks in this class and Zollers isn't the only one either like Malik Washington is one um, and and some you know there's there's a handful of others that they're in on Uh, but I think Matt Zollers is is one to really keep an eye on Uh, maybe not committing like this weekend or anything but just one for the future
0: yeah and I think this spring with Colton Nicky and what he's going to try and do on offense how it might look a little different whether it might be more dangerous hopefully it will be more dangerous how he'll get their receivers up to speed how he'll use all of his players he did a lot of very uh interesting things at Kansas big spring uh not only for the Penn State you know 2024 team but um you want to kind of entice like the skill possession guys and all those guys and uh i just i just think that what andy's is going to hopefully be able to do could really help james and his staff um you know not not just uh for 2025 but also for beyond I, they definitely, they definitely need an offensive makeover. I'm not saying anything that everyone doesn't already, already know, but I just think that it's, you know, this is James has been through quite a few uh coordinators as, as he enters his 11th year. I think it would be in his best interest. Uh, and the lion's best interest. If the offense looked a lot different in terms of effectiveness, not only this year, but you know, in future years. So, uh, if Andy can can coach anywhere or anywhere near uh i'm just thinking about his introductory press conference and how he kind of really captivated a guy right Johnny if he if he can if he's if he's the real deal i think penn state, yeah, he hit it i think that james really hit a home run uh hiring this guy but i think the recruits are going to be watching as well speaking of codal nikki penn state uh recruits let's talk about some penn state january enrollees who are going to get a chance to work with Andy in the spring, um, it's Tuesday. You just had something uh, this morning on, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big class of guys that are going to be on campus. They can't all play. But you highlighted, you know, a handful you think that have a chance to make an impact as true freshmen. I would think it's starting to get harder and harder as, as Penn State continues to kind of build depth. And there's, you know, they've lost some players. They got a lot. They got some good players back. But you, you highlighted a couple of players that really intrigue you. why don't we get to all of them? who on the list to you maybe is the most interesting uh January enrollee um
1: and for maybe for the fan base to watch? Yeah, definitely. you mentioned it's a big class uh, so they signed twenty five guys in the twenty twenty four recruiting class kids out of high school uh sixteen of them uh, have enrolled early um so they are on campus they're going through classes you know they've been doing that for a couple of weeks now uh getting involved in the winter workouts um which which is a big deal uh for these 17 18 sometimes 19 year old you know prospects to come in and and even if they're coming from like a powerhouse high school uh just the the, diff, the difference in and you know like th- the weight training and and muscle mass building all that kind of stuff is just a different level um and at the college level in general but also specifically at Penn State and within the lash building and so I think that's a really big thing for all 16 of them uh, to be on campus, get acclimated to college life, get acclimated to the weight room uh, before spring ball, um, which is where, you know, for a lot of veterans, uh, you know, position battles, you know, start in earnest uh, and then through the summer and into training camp. But for these younger guys, it's their first, you know, it's their opportunity to make a first impression. I, I go back to, I remember, you know, Tony Rojas, uh, you know, last spring making a really good impression. You can go all the way back. There's, you know, there's always seemingly you know, a freshman or two, or sometimes even three or four that catch the coaching staff's eye um, and, and kind of gives them momentum going into the summer and into training camp. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Ethan Grunkmeyer. like it's going to be tough for him. You know, you have Drew Aller, Bo for Jackson Smolik in the quarterback room. Like it, it's good for him to get in early and get in early with Andy Kotelnicki specifically uh, as new offensive play caller, learn the playbook. But you know, Ethan's not going to be, you know, on the field, you know, this coming season, unless things go drastically wrong uh, for offensive linemen like Cooper Cousins or Egan Boyer, or Garrett Sexton. Like, it's tough for offensive linemen to come in and make an impact as true freshmen, especially when you have, even though you're losing, you know, Caden, Caden Wallace and Fashanu like Hunter Norzad, it's still a, a room with a lot of veterans that are itching to play. The one player that I'm really looking forward to, and I outlined a few more in there, Penline Readers, if you want to go take a look, some interesting guys on the defensive side of the ball. But as we're talking about Nikki and the offense, I think Quentin Martin uh, does have a path to early playing time. And you might look at the depth chart and the stat sheet over the last two seasons and say, well, Nick Singleton's back, Katron Allen is back, Like they're the two workhorses. And it doesn't seem like he would have an easy path to playing time. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but... I think one Quentin Martin is a hell of a player. Um, you know, number one player in Pennsylvania in the 2024 recruiting class. Um, you know, a great running back, phenomenal running back. But this is a guy that you know, wide receivers coach Marcus Hagens and some some people in the offensive staff were thinking like, hey, he could come in as a wide receiver uh, if he wanted to. Now uh, he's going to start as a running back, but I think what Andy Kotelnicki has done in the past and what he probably pl- I would think plans to do. Uh, at Penn State, and what made him such an attractive hire is his creativity in, in putting his best skill position, you know, players in an opportunity uh, to succeed. And I think Quentin Martin could be one of those guys. You know, that they you get the ball out of the backfield to him. They use him in the slot, uh, especially if the wide receiver room isn't going to make you know a huge significant jump from last season, which I think we both agree they they have to. Uh, Penn State wants to get done what it wants to get done and you look at a, a kid like you know Quentin Martin who had over 700 receiving yards, 11 receiving touchdowns uh, for Bell Vernon as a senior in high school and you look at the tape and, and that stuff translates. It, it really does and so I think his speed, his power, his vision, all of that stuff is what you want to see and I'm not saying he's going to go have 40 catches um, but if, if he's a guy I think that you know, even behind Nick Singleton and behind Catron Allen in this backfield will have an opportunity um to show off those skills and be used at the very least as a gadget player for this offense, but if not more, uh, you know, looking ahead to the 2024 season.
0: Johnny, for perspective, because uh obviously Quentin Martin is is very, very talented. Um just for the fans, so how would you compare him Penn State had a couple of freshman runners in their last class, in Cam Wallace and London Montgomery. Um, you know, it, it, it does sound like Martin is is f- physically, I think, more developed. Um, the production was was very impressive. All this, the skill set, all of that. H- how does he compare, maybe, to what your thoughts were on those two guys when they signed? Um, we haven't heard much about them. Obviously, Penn State was well set at running back. You mentioned, you know, you mentioned Katron, you mentioned Nicholas, and they had Trey Potts. So it was really there was no room at the end unless a couple of the, those guys got hurt. I was just curious how you think is in your mind is is Martin just a better prospect upon arrival at Penn State, or is, does he does he have some work to do to clear those two
1: guys? Yeah, I mean, I think he has some work to do. I don't think he's going to be handed a role upon arrival, um, but I do think he comes in as a better prospect than both Cam Wallace and London Montgomery. And it's not a knock on either of those two guys at all. Uh, I liked you know both of their films and what they were able to do coming out. But you look at it, London Montgomery missed his senior year uh, with a knee injury. That you know he, when he arrived at Penn State, he still had to rehab and recover from that and get back. And not only just like recover from the actual injury, but get back to game speed and and to what he was as a junior uh, at Scranton prep. And Cam Wallace was a late add in the class, um, you know, kind of an under the radar three star guy from the south. And uh Jaywan Sider speaking to him, you know, the running backs coach last summer said that he thought that they kind of found a diamond in the rough in Cam Wallace. But neither of those two freshmen uh, saw the field like at all um, this past season. And again, I, I don't say this as a knock on them, but I just think Quentin Martin comes in with obviously more cachet than them. But also, I just think he's he's just a talented, you know, just really talented player. Um, and I think Penn State is going to see that when he hits the field. Um, they've certainly already seen it in their you know years of scouting him You know, from Western PA. They're very familiar with him uh, going back to when he emerged on the scene at Bel Vernon as an underclassman. Uh, and so I think you, you come into this running back room, I already mentioned, and you mentioned like Nick and Tron are there. You mentioned Trey Potts though, and he's not uh, Trey Potts moving on, um, you know, opting not to come back for another year at Penn state after transferring in uh, from Minnesota, the, the Williamsport native, I thought, and I think all too was kind of a, like an invaluable member um, in a, you know, in a good way of, of this running back room this past season, providing leadership, but also that kind of pop and spark, uh, when Penn State needed it during the regular season, I think Quint Martin can be that kind of guy. Um, and again, I'm just really interested to see how Coach Nicky decides to use the running backs and use the tight ends. Assuming this wide receiver room doesn't improve leaps and bounds, um, you know, from a development standpoint, I mean they might. And I don't want to shortchange those guys necessarily, but uh, you know, and they're bringing in Julian Fleming, which is a really, really good ad for them. Um, but You know, we spent the last 12 months talking about how and even longer about how this wide receiver room was a problem. And I think a solution to that from a passing game standpoint, from an explosive play standpoint, you know, could be the running backs. And I think Quinton could fit into that mold. This is the Blue White Breakdown.
0: All right, we're talking we're talking about Penn State young players. We're talking a little Penn State recruiting on um, the blue white breakdown. Johnny, I have a couple more things for you before I let you go um just to just to circle back to the January enrollees because I just wonder I think the typical Penn State fan would see you know what is it about Luke Reynolds uh, you wrote about him as a, as a as a, you know he's he's the five star tight end that he he made the cut of guys that have a chance to make an impact in, in some way in your mind this year. Um, not to be contrarian, but I think the average Penn State fan is like, you know, we've kind of seen this before. Six foot four, 220 pound tight end, probably can't really play uh, tight end, or maybe he could play uh, a, a, it as an undersized player. But um, what about him uh, makes him a five star at that size? Because Almost all of the Penn State tight ends that they've had, and they've had, they've had great success. I think during James's time with tight ends, um, but not all of them have been like physically ready, like Pat Fryermuth was in 2018. Like you could see, hey, this is a true freshman that doesn't look like a true freshman, and there's a good reason he's on the field. A lot of these guys just need to get bigger and stronger. When you look at Luke, um, is there going to have to be a significant uh, physical transformation, excuse me, <clears throat> maybe get up to 235 or 240? Or is his skill set and how Penn State might use him, can he play and make an impact at 225? I know they have Tyler Warren. I know they have Khalil Dinkins. I know they have Rapalier. You know, I know they have Joey Schla- Schlafer. I hope I said that right. Schaefer, Schlafer, um, the local kid. But I'm just wondering, what is it about him that potentially bit a bit undersized that maybe – you have him on your radar. I know he's a five-star.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the, the five-star, you know, it, it's one of those where sometimes you look back years on and you look at, Oh, how was that kid a three-star? How was that kid a five-star? Um, you know, Reynolds coming from, you know, the New England area, uh, the competition that he was playing against, you know, it, it wasn't the stiffest. And it's not like he was playing in, you know, in Florida or, or Georgia or something like that. So, um but he did dominate and and it's it's hard to sometimes it's hard to look at film and say okay is he dominated just because of competition or and I, again i'm not saying that like it was bad competition necessarily but um I, I do think that he just kind of looks he's a natural and i think at 220 he could play there i do think he i think he'll add weight like you mentioned you know maybe 235 240 um and he has the frame to support that uh i, I just think another part of it and this is Away from the film side of it, and away from like the talent side of it, he was a former quarterback, and um, and he only made the switch to tight end a couple of years ago uh, when their quarterback up there in Connecticut was actually uh, Dante Reno, who was a um, a Navy commit, I believe, or no, they sorry, they brought in they, they had a Navy committed quarterback who beat out Reynolds. Then they brought in another kid at quarterback who was a South Carolina commit. Anyway, so he makes the switch to tight end. Um, and, and so he understands how to process offense. He understands like the behind the scenes stuff that go into it. Um, and that's not saying he's going to come in and just like absorb the playbook like easily necessarily, but I think that helps when it comes to developing a young player like that to have that experience in the past. I, I do think he's a bit of a project in that, you know, he just started playing tight end a couple years ago um, and he definitely needs to add some weight. And you look at the tight end room, and Tyler Warren is firmly established. They're probably their top uh, target coming uh, coming back you know, for this upcoming season. Khalil Dinkins, I liked what he did whenever he got on the field as the number three tight end last year. Um, and and had yeah, redshirted, and I, I've said before how much I, I think he has a bright future at Penn State. So, again, t- in terms of clear path of playing time, I think Luke Reynolds has a yeah, – it's, it's not even as good as what Quentin Martin could could you know have in terms of you know arriving and playing right away um just kind of banking on the talent and, and banking on uh what he's already done and and kind of what his mental makeup is and uh Penn State got in on him early when he was a three star and he kind of blew up from there um and I think he has a very i think he's a bright future and he's one of those guys that you know in spring ball we, we could hear about um you know performing well that doesn't necessarily guarantee playing time or a starring role or anything but um yeah it's also kind of easy just you know i i don't i don't want to just say like oh he's the five-star he's going to play um, but at the same time he's a five-star for a reason yep yep just to clean that up sorry it's
0: joey schlaffer Township. Yep. i apologize to anyone i did not i was, just couldn't remember if there was an l in his name um yeah it's joey schlaffer i know they think highly of him as well um tyler warren high school quarterback made the conversion to tight end so that's a nice precedent and also. Uh, if I'm if I'm if I'm uh, Luke, maybe I'm going to I'm going to spend a little time this winter with Tony Rojas and get on the Tony Rojas eating plan um, yeah. that transformed. I, I just I still can't. When James Franklin said he gained like 23 pounds or so, whatever it was. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah. in like less than, uh, I think, six weeks. I didn't believe him. But it, all of it was pretty much true. I mean, you when you looked at him. When you looked at him in the spring game and you looked at him in the fall, he looked like a a a college linebacker, and I think he was a lot closer, probably to two hundred pounds or close to it when he got to Penn State. But yeah, so anything is possible. I think I think I think maybe Luke might want to just ask him like how he did it, but uh, he does probably need to get bigger and uh, like you you know five stars. Uh, you know they are they are five stars for a reason. We'll see how that goes, Johnny. Before I let you go here on the blue white breakdown, uh, I I don't imagine we're going to talk again until after um, conference championship game Sunday. You're a pretty good prognosticator. You uh, you nailed the college playoff. Uh, having having spent some time around you this pa- these past couple of seasons, I know you're not afraid to have an opinion, whether it's on a college football game or an NFL game, do you have a strong opinion on either one of the conference championships? Um, maybe from a gambling perspective. And even if the fans aren't that interested, I am interested because I like you like to have a, a
1: little fun on Sundays as well. Yeah, absolutely. No. Um, look, in terms of like my rooting interest for me, it's anyone but the 49ers. Uh <laughs> just you know with how like you know with, with the eagles beating them in the in the conference championship game last year and then just the constant complaining from that from that franchise for weeks on end using super bowl week to just complain about Brock Purdy getting hurt like don't don't put a backup tight end on Hassan Redick, and you don't have that issue uh so really from a rooting standpoint it's anyone but san francisco um so maybe that clouds my judgment a little you gotta bit got bet
0: with your head johnny you got to bet with your head <laughs>
1: Uh, I will be pulling for the Lions, um, you know, against, you know, but I I do like the Ravens to get it done at at home. You might disagree. It's one of those where you know it, it's hard to bet against Mahomes. Uh, I did not bet against Mahomes in Buffalo, and that, and that was nice. Um, but I just like what the Ravens have done this year um, you know, from an offensive standpoint. You know, I think Roquan Smith is going to have a big game, and and, and you look at what. Yo has kind of carried the Chiefs so far. I obviously everything goes to Mahomes, but like Pacheco has been running angry. Uh every time he gets the ball, he looks like a bull in the china shop. And I think Roquan Smith is going to have something to say about that uh this Sunday and I think the Ravens' run defense uh and, and a little Lamar magic uh will get it done. So I I think I'll be taking the Ravens, I believe they're what two and a half point favorites, three. Point yeah, favorites? that sounds about right. If
0: it get, if it stays under three, I think there's going to be a lot of money on the Ravens. I'll be curious if it gets to three or even a little bit more than that. Three is a big number. Three and a half is an even bigger number. But yeah, just watching what the Ravens did to the Texans, and I didn't even think they played that well. Uh, that was that was a I thought that was a pretty good Texas team. They a uh, Texans team. They kind of
1: just walked through in the second half of that game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like Baltimore at like, you know, my head says it's going to be Baltimore, San Francisco, which I think was the, you know, obviously both of those teams being the one seeds. And that's that's not going out on a limb. And I guess looking back on it, Bob, I, I didn't really go out on a limb by saying Michigan was going to win the national title because, you know, they were the favorite. It just felt like a lot of people were on, you know, Bama. And oh, yeah. I know I was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's going out on a limb to say it's probably gonna be the Ravens and the Niners. Uh, and please, God, do not let the Niners win the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> Two Penn State NFL thoughts, uh, based upon what I saw this past weekend and this weekend. I'll tell you what. Um, I always liked him at Penn State. He did not have a good finish to his season. Rasheed Walker is good. They got him at that left tackle, he shut. He he did a number on Nick Bosa. Seventh round pick. They redshirted him last year. He clearly wasn't healthy, but what what a find. And he was, I always thought I saw him young when he was young at Penn State. You could see the ability. Uh he did not finish up, I thought, great at Penn State, but he's good. And that's a young team. Audrey Snyder's got to be pretty happy. Uh, just about the Packers in general. But I was, I was really impressed with him. And in the uh, Chiefs-Ravens game, I think at some point you're going to see Odafe Owe and Donovan Smith collide. Um, It might not be on every play, but that is old versus new. A young, talented outside linebacker, edge guy going against Donovan Smith, who played on James Franklin's first team. Uh, I think he was a second-round pick in the 2015 draft. He's made a ton of money, won a Super Bowl with Tampa, um, got paid by the Chiefs. He's playing better. Um, down the stretch, I thought he's 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 a key to the game against uh, against the Ravens. Um, they have a lot of athletes in all you know all over that front seven and in the secondary. But I do, I will be noticing to see if if Oway and Smith uh, have have a say in this outcome and if they kind of go against each other. I can't bet against the Ravens based on what I saw. I'm rooting for the Lions and I'm starting to wonder more and more if. Teams have started to figure out Brock Purdy a little bit, number one. And if Debo Samuel doesn't play, that's a big deal because of the way they use him. Um, If if he doesn't play, uh, I I think the Lions uh, do have the horses to take that to the limit. I'm not sure about Jared Goff on the road, but that team plays hard. um, And they are physical on both uh, both lines of scrimmage. So I think the NFC game is going to be really, really good. And it might even be better than the AFC game, because I do think the Ravens might just have too much just about in all phases.
1: One thing I will be hitting is Christian McCaffrey rushing receiving props. Like, <laughs> that has been a boon for anyone who has been hitting that this year uh, or anyone who have not had him on their fantasy team, probably yeah. won their title. League winner. Um, yeah. One more note on these games, Bob. If you're just a Penn State fan, you don't care who wins, guess what? You're going to have a former Penn State player win the Super Bowl. Uh, because you you mentioned Owe uh, on the Ravens. Uh, They also have Jordan Stout, the punter. Dan Chacena, the former walk-on at Penn State, uh, got elevated as a wide receiver uh, for the Ravens ahead of the game against the Texans. Um, On the Chiefs side of the ball, you mentioned Donovan Smith. Um, On the the NFC side, you got Jason Cabinda uh, with the Lions, who is a fullback there now and actually caught a pass uh, over the past weekend. It was a little check down, kind of a a hurry deal by uh, Jared Goff, but he's with the Lions. And then you know Kevin Givens and Jair Brown uh, on the 40 So regardless of what happens, you know a former Penn State player is going to win the Super Bowl, uh, and uh, and and Penn State fans with no allegiances whatsoever uh, can just wear their NFL their Rob Lowe NFL hat <laughs> uh, with a little like Penn State emblem on the side, yeah, and, and be happy.
0: Yeah, Jair. Hopefully he'll play this week. He was uh, yeah. he was healthy, but they kind of went with experience. The experience didn't really pay off. Uh, Logan Ryan didn't play well. Hopefully Jair will get some run this week. I think he's a guy that at the moment's not too big for, and I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. Uh, he makes an impact in that game. All right, Johnny, I'll let you go. I know you got some uh, stuff to get to this week. Hopefully we'll talk uh, next week, and we'll both be right about our NFL picks, and then we'll be a lot wealthier. Maybe not a lot wealthier. A bit wealthier than we are right now.
1: Modestly, modestly. Oh, go Lions.
0: This has been the Blue White Breakdown brought to you by Pen Live.